Hello everyone, this is Brian Mundell, and it is another edition of Run's House. I appreciate you listening. So, I started this podcast maybe a little over a month ago, and one of the reasons why I started it is because I just cannot stand the direction our country is heading with this president, Donald Trump. But I have now realized that for the fifth week in a row, I will be talking about race in this country. In 2020, we are still talking about race and racism and unarmed black men getting killed by police officers. It's unbelievable. It's the it's the darkest time in our country right now since September 11th, 2001, and even decades before that. Many of you already know the story of George Lloyd, but I'll go over a very quick recap. George was purchasing something at a store, and apparently it was a counterfeit $20 bill. So police officers stopped him. He resisted arrest, apparently, and it led to super cop Derek Chauvin to detain him, put a knee on his neck for nearly nine minutes while he screamed out that he could not breathe and called for his mother. Shortly after that, Mr. Lloyd died, despite many bystanders saying he was not fine and asking repeatedly to check his pulse. So days after the police officers were fired for their role, protests started to mount because they felt like firing these police officers was not good enough. The police officer you see in the video with his knee on Mr. Lloyd's neck, Derek Chauvin, has had 18 prior complaints against him. 18 prior complaints, and he was still with the Minneapolis Police Department. I don't know. When you have 18 complaints against you, at some point, when do you look at this guy and say you are no longer fit to wear this uniform? Generally, when you have that many complaints, you've probably done something wrong. Imagine being at the job you're at right now, and you have 18 complaints against you. Would you still be working there? Well, listen. So anyway, this Chauvin guy, who was a police officer, is now a murder suspect, which is a step in the right direction. There were three other officers on the scene with no charges against them yet. By the way, there was one officer that had six prior complaints against him and cost the city some money on one of those particular complaints. So you had four police officers, one with a knee murdering George Lloyd, and three others standing around watching, defending the police officer that was murdering George Lloyd, two onlookers. Thankfully, this was all caught on video. Otherwise, it's very possible that the police officers would have gotten away with this. Back in the early 90s, many of you will remember Rodney King and what happened there. Four police officers were caught on video beating Rodney King excessively. The four police officers were arrested, they were tried, and they were found not guilty. Unfortunately, it led to riots and looting, much like you see today. A few things I'm going to say about the looters and the rioters, and then I'm just going to move on. First of all, what I would like to say about the protests first is the difference in the protests today and what we saw back in the early 90s with Rodney King is... It appears as if a lot of the protesters are people from 
all different ages and backgrounds. There are black people, white people, Latino. A lot of people seem to be very upset about this and what's going on in our country. Now, again, unfortunately, this has led to some riots and led to some looting. I'm going to say this. I do not want the main focus of what happened to George Lloyd be the looters and the rioters. The looters and the rioters do not represent George Lloyd, and they do not represent what everybody on the streets protesting is fighting for. But there's going to be a certain segment of the country that is going to make this the narrative so they can forget about what actually happened. It's just another way to deflect from another unarmed black man getting killed by a police officer. I mean, I'm already seeing it. I see it on social media. I saw somebody post something in regard, you know, I I actually, I'm going to pull this thing up. I'm sorry. This just came to my mind. I would have been a little bit more prepared for it. So I'm going to pull this up because I do want to read this. Okay, here we go. This is what I saw on social media. It says, Minneapolis, you were given the world's stage and had the world's ear. Everyone was behind you and supported the protest and fight for justice. The public spoke out against those officers. Police officers all over the country spoke out against those officers. Elected officials spoke out against those officers. All races and ethnicities spoke out against those officers. President Trump spoke out against those officers. And you wasted it. You wasted the perfect platform and opportunity to unite everyone together and coordinate a movement that would have gone down in the history books as a tipping point for reform. Everyone around the world was on your side and listening, but you ruined it. This is exactly why I am not giving the looters and the protesters any more time than they deserve because it is stuff like that. That's exactly what the MAGA people want. That's what the racist people want. They want this looting. They want this rioting. So they can use this now as their platform to say, well, look, you even had us racist. Us racists were on your side this time, but now you ruined it. So what are you saying? You're no longer on the side of George Lloyd because of a few criminals who really do not represent George Lloyd and the protesters who were out there protesting peacefully. And even if they weren't protesting peacefully and they were yelling and screaming, they should be. But this is what drives me insane, is every time something like this happens, there's always got to be a deflector. There always has to be a contrarian so they can still stand their racist ground. So when people ask me, run, what do you think of these looters and rioters? And I say, I don't care about the looters and rioters. I do not condone their action, but I am not going to make this my focus. I am not going to sit here and talk about looters and rioters over the death of George Lloyd, the death of Ahmed Aubrey, Breonna Taylor, and many, many others. I am not allowing the deflection to happen, and you shouldn't either. In fact, all these news channels, no matter which ones they are, MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, they need to stop airing 24-7 footage of riots and looters and all this stuff. A, it's not healthy for the country. B, all it does is feed in to a false narrative. Yes, report it. Yes, tell people it's going on. But to have people out on the streets 24-7 just so they can get the shot 
of the guy breaking into the store or throwing a flame ball or whatever the case is. You know, Donald Trump has said numerous times, CNN and all these other ones are fake news. They're not fake news. They do tell the story. There's no question about it. They don't make up stories. But I will also say about some of these news channels, even though they're not fake news, there's still sensationalism that they love. That's what gets viewers. I, no joke, refused to watch the coverage on any of these news channels. I did not watch any of it. People were texting me or calling me about it. I did not turn it on. I won't. I want to stick with the main subject, and that is racism. I had a podcast a few weeks ago. I had a young lady, Frosty Knowledge, on, and we were talking about race in this country, and I did ask her, what can we do about racism in this country? And her answer is absolutely correct. It really is time for white people to stand up and say enough is enough. It's time for white police officers to stand up and say the police officers who are doing this kind of stuff that happened to George Lloyd is unacceptable. I mean, black people have been going through this for decades and decades and decades, and they've been as strong as they possibly could be. They've been as resilient as they possibly could be. But unless you have help from the people who are actually causing the issues in their community, then it's very difficult for them. I mean, I'm not trying to make light of this, but you ever seen professional wrestling? You could have the champion. He could be out there all by himself and getting beaten up by three guys. And unless a couple guys come from the locker room and come in and help him, the three guys are going to just keep beating him. We need to come out from the locker room and help out. Stop making this a black-white thing. This is a human being thing. We're all human beings. And to sit back and to continue to watch this happen is outrageous in 2020. But for some people, things just are not good enough. The most peaceful of all protests about the injustices in the black community from police officers was done by Colin Kaepernick a few years ago. And they turned Colin Kaepernick into one of the biggest villains in American history. The guy can't even get a job now because he silently took a knee for 90 seconds during the national anthem. Quite frankly, right now, if players want to bring a sleeping bag out on the sideline and take a nap during the national anthem, let them. That pales in comparison to the protests in Michigan where people put on their little militia costumes with their assault rifles and got in police officers' faces, got into the faces of nurses who they were 100 pounds more than. And Donald Trump wants to call the George Lloyd protesters thugs. Yet when he sees the militia morons protesting, he calls to liberate different states, blows the dog whistles for these idiots. So if you want to keep talking about the looters and the rioters, throw them in the same category with the racists because they're all the same. There's a lot of people out there who don't even realize they're racist. They think because they can talk hip hop with a black guy they work with that they're not racist, which really are the scariest kind of racists. But you are no different than the looters and the rioters. You are the same. So if you want to make looters and rioters your narrative, look in the mirror because it's time to look at yourself. Donald Trump calls them thugs. He called the NFL players taking a knee sons of bitches, said nothing about the Michigan protesters except for egg them on. Then, of course, 
he goes on to tweet out, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Can you believe that? This is the president of the United States who uses a phrase that dates back to the civil rights era. There was a police chief. His name was Walter Headley. He was a police chief in Miami. And there were some hearings about some crimes in Florida. And this guy had a long history of bigotry against the, the black community. And he used the phrase, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. When the idiot-in-chief was asked about his comments, he said he was not familiar at all with this phrase. And he's leading us to believe that he just happened to come up with the exact same phrase as a racist police chief used during the civil rights era. I, quite frankly, am tired of Donald Trump insulting my intelligence and playing into the lack of intelligence of his followers. Twitter made the unprecedented move of blocking any likes or comments to his tweet but still allowed for retweeting of the tweet, saying that his comments violated their rules, glorifying violence. Now, just think about this for a second. The president of the United States was blocked from Twitter from glorifying violence. This is where we are in this country. This is where we are with this president. And if it wasn't clear already It must be clear now, this guy has got to be voted out of office in November. I do not care who replaces him, unless it's somebody exactly like him. Donald Trump must be removed from office. He must not work one more day past January in the Oval Office as President of the United States. Not only should he not be president of the United States next year, he needs to get what's coming to him. He needs to be sharing a cell with his former lawyer, Michael Cohen. Michael Cohen is in jail because of illegal campaign contributions that involved Donald Trump. And the only reason why Donald Trump is not sitting next to him is because he's the president of the United States. Almost all legal experts said Donald Trump would have been indicted had he not been the president of the United States. The guy, the campaign, and the administration that sparked up the lock her up chance needs to be locked up himself. And I truly believe that will happen if he is voted out of office. And there would be nothing more fitting and nothing more satisfying than to watch Donald Trump go to jail. But first things first, Joe Biden must win in November. Forget that he may not have been your candidate. Doesn't matter. Maybe to some of you, it does. You're still harboring resentment that your candidate didn't win. And I understand your pain. I understand you're upset. But right now, we have to get rid of this monster and then we'll sort out the rest later. Okay, whether you like Joe Biden or you do not, he will restore at least some sort of order back in this country. He will restore the relationships that we have with our foreign friends. He's been there before. He knows them. They know him. He will form an amazing cabinet, probably with a lot of the candidates that you wanted to win. He will make sure that the Supreme Court does not get another anti-pro-choice judge. He will ensure that we return back our focus to the climate in this country. There are bigger things at stake here than just your candidate not winning. We have to do this, and we have to do it together. Just like fighting racism, we all must do this together. 
But as I said in the beginning of the show, right now is just not the greatest time in American history. We are battling racism again. We are battling a virus that some people don't even believe is legitimate. We're battling stupidity. We're battling the worst president in the history of our country. So the battle must continue, and battling racism is going to take more than some protests and some Facebook posts. It really is going to take everybody not just to step up, but to recognize it. And when it is recognized, it must be squashed immediately. There needs to be institutional reform in every single police precinct across the country. And I'm not saying, and we always say this every time, all police officers are obviously not bad people. There are many incredibly great police officers, but this happens way too often. And unfortunately, the old saying goes, a few bad apples spoil the entire bunch. And that is extremely true in this case. Bad apples in the police force cannot happen. It's, un- it's unacceptable. And I'm not just talking about some sort of sensitivity training. I'm talking about they may need to reevaluate every single police officer on the force. They need to go back and look at Facebook posts. They need to look at every single thing that these men and women have done while on the job and off the job. They may want to reevaluate anybody that's got more than five to ten complaints, much less 18. That job is way too important of a job to have a cowboy in there. And again, this is not trying to put down police in any way, shape, or form. It is an extremely tough, tough job. It's one of the toughest jobs in the world. It is also one of the most important jobs in the world, and that comes with a high degree of responsibility. And we talked earlier about what can we do to change this situation, and there's absolutely no question, not just white people, but white police officers have got to be the leaders on this movement now. They must be the leaders, and to step up and say, This is not how we should be treating our citizens. There are some rough characters out there. I get it. And at times it may be tough for the police officer to make the decision on how to handle something. And there are many times where there is a legitimate time to use force, a legitimate time to unfortunately have to use your weapon. And most logical people understand that. But we have seen it time and time again where It just did not make sense. The force was too excessive in so many of these cases. And unfortunately, so many of them involve unarmed black men. This is not something anybody's making up. It's a fact. And I don't want to hear the stats of more white guys get shot than black guys. First of all, if that's true, it's because there are more white people than black people. But you forgot one little caveat. The caveat is, was the white person unarmed? I'm going to guess that the answer would be no. And do you know why that would be my guess? Because if this were a systemic problem in the white community, I promise you, every single police officer that was involved in something like this with a white person, they'd be in jail. They would be fired right away, and we would hear about it all the time. Believe me, we would hear about it. But I always hold out hope, and I really hope this is something, 
if anything is to come good out of this, that something really does change this time. I have a sad suspicion, again, that it won't, only because we've seen this movie a million times. But I really do hope that something good comes out of this. Anything that is terrible, any tragedy, we always try to look for something good to come out of it. And I'm really hoping this time this is the case. So, you know, I'm sorry. I'm a little bit all over the place today because this stuff really does get you down after a while. I mean, everything that's going on and just more stuff that we have to deal with. We're still dealing with this coronavirus. When are we going to get back to normal? When are we going back to work? When is this thing going to go away? Nobody seems to know. But... Everybody seems to be doing their best. So I would encourage everybody to just get up and do your best and go through the day and try to be as positive as you can and try to make a positive change in somebody else's life. There are a lot of people that are down right now, so there's a lot of people that can use some picking up. Anyway, I do, as always, appreciate you guys listening. If you could, follow me on Twitter at brun13. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to direct message me. I will be back again on Friday with a Bar Talk edition and, of course, back next Monday for your political fix of Run's House. Thank you guys for listening. I will talk to you soon.